from the coast of Big Sugar Bush Lake. Is that a real lake? That's horrible. I don't want <laughs> cut that out. Uh, to the coast of the West. This uh, I'm Chilanga, <laughs> and I'm Dylan. And this is the Coast to Coast NBA podcast. We're back and we are joined by the illustrious, the esteemed, the magnificent Troy Oslin. Welcome. Yo, yo, yo. What's good? Thank you for having me. Have you ever had such a nice intro? No. (laughs) I have not, but it's always appreciated. Never say that I don't do anything for you, okay? (laughs) Well, we brought Troy on. Because uh, the season is over. The bubble's done. And now we're waiting until November 18th for the NBA draft. And we're bored as hell. So we thought, let's take a look back at our season preview. And our season preview happened like almost one year ago today because of the delayed season. Isn't that crazy? Was it a whole year since now? Yeah, it's October 23rd right now. Oh, my God. And then basketball comes back in less than two months. Did you see that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. December 22nd, they're looking at. Wow. Uh, So basically, looking back at this season preview from uh, the beginning of 2019, we had some really incredible takes, but we mostly had some bad takes. Um. So every year we do we do what's called a power rankings draft. So we take turns drafting teams in order uh, from worst to best, how we think it's going to go. Um, and so we're going to take a look at that. And Dylan came up with a really convoluted strategy to decide who won the draft. Uh, who <laughs> but did it was the almost best. impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to say, so... I basically extrapolated because you can't really count the bubble games because all the teams are better because they're taking all the all the worst teams. And some of the teams weren't trying because they were just getting back into the action and stuff. So I wasn't going to count that against the Lakers or whatever. So I, I basically extrapolated how many wins they would have gotten if there were an 82 game season and uh, uh, starting from or like continuing from where uh where we left off where everybody was around 70 games so wherever whatever their winning percentage was if there were if it were an 82 game season starting from march yep so we gave our over-unders and 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 uh dylan calculated who's the winner and we'll announce that at the end but first i also say another thing i was like uh just to just to have like a margin for error i had three games on either side uh for us to be right because I figured game like teams might have been able to hit or not hit their win uh, total uh, within about six total games, plus or minus three. So I don't Thank know. Thank you, Dylan. <laughs> I think that I'm going to end up b- being the winner. I had some really great takes. Doubt it. You doubt it? I 100%. Wait, oh, I guess that's a spoiler, isn't it? Because. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's take a look. Let's take a moment to celebrate our great takes um, because for all the bad takes we had, we also had some really great takes. So Dylan, um, do you want to just talk about your great takes? Uh, yeah, I love the Grizzlies in three to four years. Um, I still kind of do, but I, I'm not as high on John Morant. I think John Morant is better served as a trade piece, to be honest. I think that he is a a great player, great prospect, but I'm worried about a, his health because of how he plays. And I'm also worried that he is Russell Westbrookian. And that does not bode well for 
winning in the playoffs at least. So that's one. So that's one of the reasons why we why we proposed the the Ben Simmons trade. I think that would be still amazing right now. So Don. you're worried that that John ja Morant is too much like a Hall of Fame player. I'm worried that he's too much like a <laughs> Hall of Fame player that is knocked out of the first round every year. Yeah, who hasn't won anything really? Not without Katie. Yeah, exactly. 100%. So, all right, what else are you proud of, Dylan? I am also proud. Wait, aren't you guys proud of me for that? Uh, anyway, Zach Levine is Morona Brad Beal. I had some help with this because I called him Walmart Brad Beal. But I think it was Troy who ended up coming up with the the real name tag, which is Morona Brad Beal. He's a he's slightly an upgrade from a Walmart Brad Beal. Yeah, I, what did I say? I think I said Target brand, and then Chalanga said Morona. Okay, yeah. something like that. That is oh, the so best a... take you had. <laughs> it's Morona Brad Beal. A group effort. That's beautiful. Uh, and so okay, so. I also wait. How is this my best take? Chalanga decided this was one of my best takes, but uh, I called Carl Towns Carl Vetus Satownsis, and I think he just <laughs> liked the name that I made up uh, because uh, I don't think Carl was uh, Arvidas Sabonis at all. He was averaging almost five assists uh, in he? like the yeah. He he had a great season. We all forgot that he was at like twenty six and a half, twelve, and like four point six. I knew he was like a top 10 player in the NBA while he was healthy. I didn't know that he was at five. I thought he was more around like three or four, but yeah, I think he he's 4.6. Having... So, you know, round up to five. Right. That's, that's great though. Like I, and I think that there's even more room for that with towns having actual offensive players on his team next year. So uh, I hope that they just keep running it through towns and, and I want to see more towns post-ups. I know that the post-up, game was supposed supposedly dead from 2015 to 2019 but it it has been proven at least with lebron james and i know lebron james is just lebron james but that that strategy does work putting a guy in the post up so that they can play make i mean even with Jokic, i want to see towns be able to dribble be able to pass be able to shoot be able to drive all of those options are available to him in the post and even in the high post, I think Carl is, in, or he could hand off, hand off, and uh, and do a little screen for D'Lo or something like that. You know, um, I see so many options for Carl. I just hope he does more than I last year. To me, it was like too much of that. He was standing at the three point line while everyone else was doing stuff. I hope he has more of a diversity to his game, and he definitely has the capabilities of it. But that's also what makes him so special. So hopefully, we can take advantage of that. Hopefully, I I like really look forward to seeing what he looks like this year. Dylan, you also said that Orlando would be the eighth seed. You nailed it, and I think you <laughs> you had them at like you had them at like thirty seven wins, which they were on pace for thirty seven wins. <laughs> I was just I was shocked. I was like, damn, he was right on. They are perpetually the Vooch teams are perpetually just the eight seed and they will never do any better, never do any worse, no matter who they have around them. Cause like Jonathan Isaac is a good player. I think that obviously Aaron Gordon hasn't had the best last two years, but uh, I think Aaron Gordon is a good player. It's just like when you are, when you create a team around Vooch and then, uh, then you need that DJ Augustine, even though he's not the best player on their team you need him just because he's the player that unlocks Vooch a little bit better with the pick and roll and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, I was, 
I was I had a little bit a different idea for the magic, and we'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> and uh, finally, Dylan, you said that the Raptors should be good enough to get home court advantage, and damn, Skippy, you were right. That's a good I, take. I really thought that team was going to be good. I did not think that Siakam was going to be as bad, but like props to Kyle Lowry for continuing his dominance in, up north. I just that guy has been playing at like an above average level for so long and he doesn't get enough he doesn't get enough uh accolades for that i'm really rooting for his hall of fame case oh um, easily i he, we'll see we'll I see how his career finishes out i said i said uh on twitter this year that the uh Kawhi going out of the playoffs locked locked kyle lowry into the hall of fame that was the <laughs> kyle kyle lowry hall of fame game was that <laughs> and, game seven and that fucking shot where he uh did the the pelican or the penguin slide pelican that, penguin that slide. Is, oh, yeah <laughs> that is definitely at the end of the highlights but i i just want one highlight of Kawhi uh absolutely shitting the bed in game 7 of that western conference semifinals missing eight mid-rangers in a row <laughs> yeah that should be on Kyle Lowry's mixtape <laughs> okay now i get to talk about my great takes first i had oklahoma city at 42 wins which was the over which Granted, I, I was too low on them, but uh, I knew they would make the playoffs. I knew no Chris Paul would take them there. there. I knew they'd be a great defensive team. They were seventh in the league on defense. I'm proud of my I'm proud of my Oklahoma City Thunder for real. CP is so good, Chalanga. You've been the the CP stand since he was drafted for the Hornets way back when. I think that. OKC has a legitimate shot to even make the playoffs again, even if they keep Chris Paul. But the, even if they trade Chris Paul, well, even if they trade, well, if they, well, it depends if they trade Chris Paul. He's he's the heartbeat of that team. I don't think SGA is ready to take the reins, but uh, but I don't think that's the op. I don't think that's the right thing for them to do. I think that they probably got the most that they could get from Chris Paul this year, and whatever they do next year is not going to work to the same extent with golden state being healthy with uh the timberwolves being healthy with all of these teams the portland trailblazers being healthy i think that they're clearly worse than all of those teams on paper on, in terms of talent I'm, I'm just saying and in terms of uh, youth yeah i feel it and they're set up i mean they're just really set up and whether they keep chris paul or trade chris paul it doesn't really affect them because next year they'll be able to have the same uh, conversation, and he'll only have one year left on his contract. So, sorry, let's get Chris Paul a ring. For real, I want it so bad. I want it so bad. Um, Troy does um, too. He's making mm, a stinky face. Yeah, he wants yeah, it so bad. Let's get him a ring, man. Mm. Troy, you hate Chris Paul, huh? <laughs> oh, I've never liked Chris Paul. I don't like players <laughs> that flop, crazy. dude. That's why I don't like Harden. I hated that Rockets team. Oh man. <laughs> Are you gonna tell uh, me you don't like LeBron either? Yes. <laughs> I I am a known LeBron hater. I like LeBron the dude, but LeBron the player, man, dude, just what? Okay, I don't think LeBron. I mean, LeBron argues a lot, but in terms of flopping, he is not that bad in comparison to most of the league. <laughs> he is not that bad. LeBron gets hacked on every single shot. I was showing you there were tons of there were tons of shots that he was missing or making in that Denver series where he wasn't getting any calls and everybody's like, well, Denver's not getting any calls, but that's like, that's, everybody's just going to say that. But LeBron is just so big. No one's ever going to call a hack on him. 
Look, I'm I'm totally pro flop, and honestly, the refs have gotten pretty good at at sussing out what's a flop and what's not. Um, so it doesn't bother me too much. I like Marcus Smart's flops are legendary. I love it when he just goes <laughs> flying when no one's touched him. <laughs> fucking beautiful. Smell, smell me, smell my, smell my undies. Ooh, woo. Uh, you guys can go back and watch, uh, listen to the Coast to Coast Big Bubbler season finale to hear my incredible Marcus Smart impression. Uh, my next great take, I, I, uh, I gotta say, I'm really, I'm really proud of this one. I said, uh, Jimmy Butler fits Miami's culture. I said, every year they find a player that breaks out this year. It was Duncan Robinson who shot 44.6% on three point attempts with eight attempts per game. I said at peak, this team is the fourth seed in the East. And I said, Jimmy Butler is at worst a top 20 player in the NBA. Thank he's you, still, gentlemen. He's still at worst a top. He he at worst he was worse than a top twenty player. He wasn't even the best player on his own team during the playoffs. What the at hell are you talking at about? At his worst, <laughs> at his worst, he disappeared for like over half of the games. I thought you know that was kind true. of the beauty of that team, though, is like he didn't have to dominate all the time. You know, he was still good, but he knew when to back off a little bit when someone else was hot. Yeah, I think I think sometimes it was him being di- just disappearing though too, because like they were losing games and he was like, especially in that last game, he was nowhere to be found. Because he, he was exhausted. Because mm-hmm. he played forty-eight minutes, three games in a row. Oh, I'm are sorry. you kidding he played me? Forty-eight minutes, three games in a row. Let's talk to LeBron, two thousand sixteen. Hello, LeBron, two thousand sixteen. Yeah, I'm doing fine. Okay, great. Oh no, Jimmy Butler's not LeBron in two thousand sixteen. Sad. <laughs> Dude, he's still saying, a top 20 that's, player. That's part of that's part of what a superstar is, is they have to show up throughout the playoffs. Like that's what Kawhi had to do last year. That's what the superstars have to do in order to win. And Jimmy was completely carried through that Celtics series, as well as he should have been, because Bam Adebayo was the mismatch in that series. But that is the great thing. I'm just saying, I'm just saying Jimmy Butler is still a top 20 player. He's not a top 10 player. I don't get why people that's a recency bias. Anybody who's saying that Jimmy Butler is a top 10 player in the league, that's a recency bias. He's not going to be a top 10 player next year. It was weird circumstances. We were in a bubble. I'll get more to this later. I have a lot of thoughts on this because this is one of my worst takes, but we'll hear about that later. All right. Um, I'm going to bust through the rest of my good takes. I had the warrior. I said the Warriors were going to be one of the worst teams in the NBA. If Steph Curry got injured and they were the worst team in the NBA when Steph Curry got injured. Uh, I came up with the term chemistry, which is the chemistry that Kemba Walker brings to a basketball team. And I coined uh, Dwight Howard as Dwight Coward. Uh, back when I used to hate Dwight Howard, my feelings have since changed. Um, wait, wait. So you that was your best take was calling him Dwight Coward? I just like I'm just I'm just bringing up that I, I coined Dwight Coward. I think that's like I think that's He's- a good. He was not Name. a coward in the Western Conference Finals. So. No, my feelings have changed. Okay. My feelings have changed. I just wanted to bring it up. I mean, I my fa- one of my favorite things is that is how uh, Bill Simmons is so he is so salty that Dwight Howard actually was good in the Western Conference Finals. All he wants to talk about was how he was absent in the finals. But uh, props to Dwight for sticking through it. And and you know what? Also, Shaq. Shaq's been hating on Dwight too. Stop it. Just stop it. I do remember saying in that pod that Dwight Howard had the best smile in the NBA, and you all Aww. laughed at me. 
Yeah, no, you know what? That is very kind of you. That is very kind of you, Troy. Way to be nice to Dwight Howard. He doesn't get that enough. All right, and Troy, your best takes. You said the Mavericks. You took the Mavericks over. Um, wow. Their over-under was 42 wins. You took the over. You said they were really good. You said as long as Porzingis stays healthy, uh, they'll be a great team. Porzingis played 57 games this season. Uh, and you were really high on Seth Curry, who had a really great year. Mm-hmm. He was good in the playoffs, too, if I remember correctly. I mean, he's a solid role player, sixth man, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he started a lot of games. He started 25 games. I was just looking it up because I also was a Seth Curry fan. What was his three-point percentage? His three-point percentage was 45%, two and Damn. a half points. So he was shooting five a game, making two and 2.3. So Wow. That is impressive. Um, He's a great point guard to put next to Luca, and that's what I said. So, gotta say that was a good take of mine. <laughs> Thanks, Dylan. Um, <laughs> you also, Troy. Amazingly, you had Boston as a lock at the three seed. Yeah, I, you know, I kind of bought into what you were saying earlier with the with the chemistry thing, but I knew he was going to be a great fit on that team. They were going to be a good squad. I didn't think they'd be. They were kind of like Miami light in terms of like a gritty team, you know, but they were a good squad. Yeah. I mean, they did exactly as well as I thought they would be. Yeah. You know, and they were really solidly the uh, third seed. So they were, it looks like three games ahead of Indiana and about five games behind Toronto. So (laughs) you were (laughs) really spot on there. Great job. And then I just wanted to bring this up because, uh, Troy, you made Dylan say, I'm ready to learn now, Mr. Oslin. It was really, (laughs) it was really funny. How did that come up? (laughs) Because Dylan and I wouldn't stop talking. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Mr. Mr. A, what do your students call you? They don't call you Mr. Oslin. No, uh, this year they've shifted to calling me Mr. Troy. So you're listening to this. Got to go for Mr. T. Mr. T. Yeah, that'll be the next one. That'll be my next year, and that'll complete the the quadfecta of names. All right, let's move on to the big shebang, and that is the top 10 worst takes that we had in our season preview. So uh, I hate to say I make a a lot of appearances on this list, um, unfortunately. Let's start with number 10. This This take was given by me, and I said, and I quote, I'm betting on the Magic's best-case scenario. If Isaac is healthy, if Aaron Gordon accepts his role, if Markel Fultz is healthy, I think they could win 45 games. Um, You can't even finish saying it without laughing. (laughs) (laughs) If Markel Fultz is healthy, oh my God, they could be contenders. And you actually corrected me. You said Markel Fultz was never unhealthy. He just had the yips. Yeah, that's true. And I said, mental health is still health, Dylan. Also valid. Anyway, I, I would even, I would say, well, if Isaac had actually stayed healthy, but they they, they were 13 and 19 when Jonathan Isaac played. So <laughs> that was, that didn't matter at all. I just, yeah, you insert power forward here with the magic and it's like one of those guys will be fine. But yeah, I did. I did just want to... Uh, add the caveat i did a little marco fultz uh deep dive because i'm i'm way into marco fultz so i went on stat head and and i sorted i filtered 
point guards who started uh, at least 50 games and played at least 1,500 minutes. Um, and Marco Fultz consistently ranked between 32nd and 22nd in all the advanced stats. stats. So like, or excuse me, 27th in all the advanced stats. So it's like VORP and PER and win shares, uh, box plus minus. He was really just like solidly at 30, which means he's an NBA starting caliber guard. No. <laughs> no. He didn't even start for the Magic a lot of Yes, he games. did. He started well, 50, 53 okay, games or something like that. He played what, 23 minutes a game? Uh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's not a starting point guard. I mean, he's he's the fifth starter on uh on the eighth seed. Okay, what if I what if I take the what if I say this now? That list it couldn't filter out pure point guards, and so like James Harden, Zach Levine, Brad Beal is a point guard. So is okay. Zach Levine. Zach Levine's not a point guard. He plays with a point guard every every possession. Whether but it's Kobe White or Thomas Sadowski. That's why he's that's why he's Morona Brad Beal, because that's all he <laughs> that's all he can do. Anyway, you take out the shooting guards, suddenly Markel is more like mm, 25, 20th in the league. That's like that's starting caliber, baby. I I'm here to say that Markel Fultz is not a starting caliber point guard. That's all I'm here for. Okay. Podcast. I'm a Markel believer. <laughs> Number nine. So this is a conversation that Dylan and I had about the Dallas Mavericks. I don't know if Dodgers is going to make the leap and shoulder more of a load. Dylan, I've got the heavy under. I'm taking the under as well. You convinced me. 31 wins. 31 wins. <laughs> <laughs> you dorks should have listened to me <laughs> about the Mavs. We I really should have. I don't want to. I don't want to root for the the Zinger Cubans. <laughs> I do want to root for the Doncic's though. This is the most polarizing team in the league, truly. Mm-hmm. For us, probably not for the rest of the league. Everyone else forgot about Porzingis and Mark Cuban's transgressions. That's true. That's very true. Same with Kobe, but let's not talk about it. <laughs> anyway, the Mavericks won 43 games, um, and that was in a shortened season. So we were really wrong, Dylan. Yeah. Okay. Number eight. This is this is a we all had the honor of doing this this worst take, and uh, it just so happened that we we thought I put thought in quotations because the draft kind of got fucked up, <laughs> uh, but we had the Portland Trailblazers winning the West. I I don't hate that take. I mean, I hate it in the sense that that's the team that we picked, but I had them as the four seed. So, in my defense, they were the four seed if they would have been healthy all season for sure, in my opinion. And I thought Nurk was coming back earlier too than he ended up coming back. So. Yeah. I mean, we look at what they did in the bubble and they did not look like uh, an eighth seed that had to fight their way into the playoffs. They look like uh, a legitimate playoff team. They played Um, just as well, especially when they were healthy, they played just as well as the Houston Rockets played against the Lakers who were the actual four seeds. So. Yeah, so not not you know not a horrible take. We we were able to argue it <laughs> satisfactorily, but I mean, n- number one in the West—that's a little ridiculous. All right. Well, that's in hindsight. That, yeah, that's partially because of Cholanga putting someone at number eight. <laughs> <laughs> number seven. Thank you very much. Oh, 
Well, and we'll get to that. We'll get to that. No spoilers. All right. Uh, at number six, the six worth take again by me. And I said, <clears throat> the Atlanta Hawks will win 42 games. I don't, I think that's number one, Chilenga. <laughs> I think that's number one. And make the Eastern, they will be the sixth seed in the East playoffs. But here's, here's why it's not number one, because in that same conversation, I said Trey Young is an all-star lock, which okay. was correct. I I thought that John Collins would make the all-star team too. I did not predict the PED deal. Um, so he, he missed 25 games. Or he wouldn't have made the all-star game either way. Well, I'm not sure about that. I'm like, I'm he probably wouldn't have, but like Sabonis was the last forward in. And so like I could see a world where John Collins makes it over Demonta Sabonis. Would you trade DeMontis Sabonis straight up for John Collins right now? No. <laughs> okay. I would not. Okay. Fair. Um, anyway, and I also, surprise, surprise, I predicted the Jeff Teague-Evan Turner trade. Oh, really? I did. I forgot about that. I, wow. I said they have this Evan Turner contract. There's because we were having the point guard conversation because they had like no backup point guard. I said Evan Turner's contract is big. There's a lot of point guards available. Maybe they'll trade for like Jeff Teague. Such an if you are listening, we need a new intern in the Timberwolves front office. Me, pick me, <laughs> pick me. <laughs> All right. Well, the, the Hawks won 20 games and we're not even close to the playoffs. So. <laughs> But you know what? I'm going to be rooting for them for the playoffs next year. I got them. I got them in already. I don't care what happens this offseason. Lock them in. Three seed. All <laughs> right. Here's another bad take by me. At number five, I said, <laughs> this one makes me laugh. I said, Ben Simmons will take 153s this season. <laughs> oh, yeah. What is some? We, um, we knew that was a pretty dumb take in the moment. <laughs> That's to a game. Troy, what were you going to say? I don't know if you guys remember. I said on one of the episodes we did that he wasn't going to take more than five threes this year. What yep. was his final amount of taken threes? He took Probably seven. <laughs> oh, damn. How is that not one of Troy's best takes? <laughs> well, because it Your take was, was more than five. Yeah. Is why I didn't put it. I should have put it up there. My bad, Troy. I was, I, I planned to bring it up during this section though, because uh, that was smart of you to think that he would not shoot any threes. Chalanga's take was worse than Troy's take was good. I will give you that. But here's the thing. <laughs> he should have taken 153s this season. Oh, why not? Why not? <laughs> Let's break it up even earlier. Like, if he would have taken 153s, we wouldn't even have to worry about it. Like, the 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 Sixers would probably have missed the playoffs. No, they He would make, like, 20 of them. <laughs> yeah, he'd, he'd make, like, 20 of them. And then they'd blow it up even earlier. They'd be like, oh, Ben Simmons, we got to get rid of him. And then we'd at least get a Ben Simmons that's off of that horrible, horrible Brett Brown team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, He's such a bad coach. Oh, my God. And they replaced him with maybe an even worse coach? I Okay. I was the first person to tell everyone that I thought this Doc love was a little bit recency bias with the 2019 Clippers like looking a little bit frisky against a Warriors team that was kind of messed up in the head but I I mean Doc is a fine coach I, I'm not gonna say Doc is a worse coach than Brett Brown yeah that's crazy I would never say that Doc is a Hall of Fame coach but he's also overrated 
Yeah, I think that he struggles with a limited roster. I think that he struggles with creativity with a limited roster, which is what the Sixers have. And that's what the Clippers had. Um, but with like the the Clippers in 2019 were a really deep team without the star talent. The Boston Celtics were a really deep team with the star talent. And so I think well, and he could coach. He he wasn't allowed to coach this year, really. It was Kawhi, Paul George, do what you want. Like obviously there are some off court issues that he had with Paul George. Like he had so many yeah. things going against him this year. Yeah, I'm you know, overall I'm rooting for a, a Doc Rivers comeback. I think that he's got to like reinvest in coaching though. I think that he <laughs> kind of has divested from uh being a right. coach a little bit. And I think a lot of him got lucky with that 2019 team because that 2019 team wanted to listen. Like they were so coachable. Each player on that roster was coachable and was willing to listen to him because he had that pedigree for them. They're, the Sixers are going to have to listen. All right, Troy, you're going to have to defend this this take. At oh. number four, Troy, you said, <clears throat> playoffs, <laughs> baby. You heard it here first. The Timberwolves will win 46 games. <laughs> oh, God. You know what, man? And I'd do it again. I would say it again. Those first, like, 18 games we played when we were 10 and 8, man. Ooh, like 10 and as, 8. As a Wolves fan, how good did that feel? <laughs> it felt how, really good. Oh, I was like, I was on top of a mountain. We don't need to talk about the rest of the year. But I, I, that was a good time. I will say, during that hot start, I like I loved it, but I also felt so much dread every game. Every game that they kept playing good, I was like, uh oh. It's only a matter of time before Wiggins shows his true colors. <laughs> I I I have to give Troy credit because I did not th- I thought ten and eight would not extrapolate this well, but ten and eight actually extrapolates to forty five point five 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 wins. Damn. So that technically extrapolates to forty six wins. Ten and eight, baby. You know, I do wonder because if the Wolves had had stayed healthy and they had made that Wiggins trade and they played out a whole season, I just wonder. I mean, mm-hmm. looking back on it, maybe that wasn't the absolute worst take, except that the Wolves ended up with 19 wins. So <laughs> that's yeah, like... that, that we were just total trash afterwards. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, I th- I think the cat injury really derailed a lot of otherwise like good vibes of that team because once that happened, Wiggins started playing different, and then he got hurt, and once he came back from that, he was not the same because he mm-hmm. was picking up slack for a little while, if I recall. But from that point onwards, it was we were a mess. We were a mess, and then we blew it up. I think I I just think we're so lucky. Somehow we might have we might have been able to unlock peak Wiggins at the beginning of that year long enough to actually get a trade for him and i don't i know that the media likes to like to chortle the balls of bob myers but uh i don't think that that warriors trade is going to end up being like at the very least i think it's probably pretty close to even i don't think i think the wolves got pretty good value out of that trade yeah well i mean it's like Mm -hmm. the 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 warriors aren't going to use that number three pick to pick a player they're going to use it in a trade and like D'Angelo Russell looks like he could be good. And if D'Lo is good, if if that pick, because they're like, that's a top three pick. If that pick ends up being out of the top 10, that's a win for the Wolves. And I, I see that happening very easily. Uh, not very easily because the West is loaded. But I see that happening to an extent for sure next yeah, year. Yeah, we'll see what happens this offseason. 
we'll see. I mean, the Wolves really have to fill out the roster if they have any hopes of being any good. Um, I just want to make one last comment on this take. Uh, it, it like it is hard to gauge how good the Wolves could have been if Carl was healthy, but let's remember that the the Jimmy Butler Wolves only won forty seven. And granted, Jimmy was hurt for a, a stretch of those games, but the forty six was a bit aggressive. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Troy, I'm here for you, baby. 10 and 8 extrapolates to 46 it's games, baby. All about the numbers, man. All about the numbers. All right. I believe science. Troy, do you have the sheet open or do I have to read for you? Uh, I have the sheet open. Um, Did we also, skip seven? We skipped number seven, yeah. Oh, yeah. We skipped We skipped another one of bad. One of Troy's bad takes. But oh, this one's, shit. You know, seven, four. What's the difference? <laughs> that one's really bad. <laughs> All right. Let's, let, while we're on the topic, let's get another Troy uh, bad take. We're at seven. We're back to seven. We're back um, to seven. You know, we believe that time is a round square. So um, we can go forward, backward, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, <clears throat> Troy said, and I quote, I'm tired of this Warriors slander. They will win 50 games. I, I was, I remember shouting that to the rooftops and anyone that would listen to me because the both of you were talking for like two hours on how the Warriors were going to be. Oh my God. And I just couldn't take it anymore. And that now where I had to say, uh, yes, I'm listening. Mr. Yes. 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 <laughs> I think that's where that happened. In my defense, Steph got hurt. What game two? Something Pretty early. Like that. It was like super early in the year. Not that they would have been as, I don't think they would have been a 50 win team. I, this is a bad take by yours truly, but, uh, I think I they were Owen three or something by the time, uh, Curry was, went down. Like they weren't good to begin with. Yeah, no, they weren't good to begin with, but I don't think they would have been like last in the West bad. I think they would have been probably better than the Wolves wound up being. Um, other than that, I'm not sure, but they would have been a little better. Yeah, you know, my calculus on it was uh, no way Draymond's going to be engaged on a team that's not that good. Steph Curry has like a riddled injury history, and this is going to be the most like usage that he's had in years. Not Clay Thompson. They're going to want to shut him down because they know they have no chance. Right. Clay Thompson is gone. And it really behooves the Warriors to be bad. Like it's really it was it's been really good for the Warriors to be very bad because now they have this number two pick, which they can use to end this Wolves pick that probably wouldn't have happened if they were good. Um, I mean, I mean, Curry for sure would have come back way before the all-star break had had they been competitive at all Mm -hmm. or had they thought that they had a chance to be competitive at all and or he would he probably would have come back before this before the before the next year but they had no desire to be to be competitive this year and i think chalanga really pointed that out really well um thank you thank you enough compliments about me let's make fun of you and and uh troy now okay number three (laughs) this is a conversation between troy and dylan troy would you like to read for yourself yes um in talking about the miami heat i said i'm not sure they're gonna be better than the wolves (laughs) and man (laughs) that was so high on the wolves dude 
Once again, I would do it again. In a heartbeat, I would make that take again. I wasn't sure they were going to be better than us. I thought we were going to be great. Uh, do you the, think that do you think that there's a chance that the Heat next I think there's a chance next year that the Heat win less games than the Wolves. It's I'm not saying it's a 50-50 chance. It's probably like a 15 to 85 chance, but I still think there's a chance that the Wolves win more games than the Heat do next year. Uh that is interesting. I want to believe it's so bad. <laughs> so bad. That's really interesting. I mean, it kind of does depend on Jimmy Butler's health. Goran Dragic is going to be a year older. It's a short offseason. They played a really long season and they're having a shorter offseason. Yeah. yeah, and one and you're and one of the things you're using against me is in this uh breakdown is that I said Goran Dragic is a huge question mark. Yes. Okay. <laughs> he had an amazing season. He was I playing know, at a near is, all-star level. But he is a huge question mark. He got hurt in the finals. Oh, oh, so you're going to use the fact that he got hurt in the finals as an argument that he's a question mark? Are you kidding yes, me? Yes, he is a question mark. He's going. That was a freak as injury. You just said, oh, my God. You just said that he has injury history. Uh, No, he's I'm saying he just got player. he just he just got injured and he has a short offseason. That he's was 35. not a freak injury. That was plantar fasciitis. That's an old person's injury. He tore his planter, whatever. That's what. That's the same injury that Peyton Manning had because he was an old fucker. <laughs> so yeah, Goran Dragic. Sorry, he's a huge injury question mark. All right, why don't you read the rest of what you said, Dylan? <laughs> uh, I said that this team is capped out at a 500 team, and I okay. So I have to defend myself in the sense that. I don't I still don't think I'm wrong about Jimmy Butler. I think that we saw peak Jimmy Butler in the bubble. I think that was the ideal situation for Jimmy Butler where where he can have a psychological advantage over all the players because of the things going on around him and he is psychologically an amazing amazing player. No that brain is sound. That. No one would question that. He he is always engaged and that was what the bubble was. You have to be engaged. I'm giving the Heat at least regular season team I'm giving a lot of that to Bam, who was a 1B player on that team. Let's not forget. Bam wasn't mm -hmm. just like the number two star. He was a 1B player and showed up big for them in the bubble, uh, especially when he was healthy. Not against the Lakers when he was healthy, uh, but he got injured pretty soon in that series, so we didn't get to see much from him. Um, but Duncan Robinson, Chalinga, you were the one who just said it earlier in this podcast. He was 46 from deep. Yeah, 44.6. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. He, he is the, the best. I'm just saying it now. He's the best pure three-point shooter when Curry is not healthy, given all the people who weren't healthy, because Clay obviously was too. But yeah, he, he can make best. some really crazy shots. And, and as we discovered through the bubble, that was the best shooting that we've ever seen from all of the shooters. They all got better. Jamal Murray was making everything. Donovan Mitchell was making everything, which was crazy. So Marcus Smart Duncan was making Robinson. threes. Yeah, of course. Duncan Jay Crowder was consistent. What, what's going on? You know, Duncan Robinson had a great, great bubble. I'm not going to take anything away from him because he had a great season as well. But because of the nature, the makeup of their team, they were a good three point shooting team. They had a lot of advantages, not just psychological, but in the sense that they had uh, they they had one of the best three point shooting teams, and they and Jimmy Butler didn't need to take threes. It wasn't just like it wasn't just like this Demar Derozan 
type of game because Jimmy Butler didn't need to shoot threes. You know what I mean? It wasn't like they were trying to rewrite how like teams were going to be playing in the 2021st century or whatever. They were playing modern basketball with Jimmy on the court. And even Bam kind, I mean, Bam doesn't totally stretch the floor, but Bam is a more modern style big. And it showed when Jimmy, when Bam got hurt, Jimmy was able to put, they were able to put Kelly Olenek out on the floor. And then all of a sudden Jimmy lit it up with a, with a triple double, 40 point triple double in the finals. That's because Jimmy Butler didn't need to take threes because his team was that good. Jimmy Butler yeah. wasn't doubled. You know why? Because they had a bunch of shooters. And I was frustrated because I knew that they needed to double Jimmy, and that's what they ended up doing. That's what actually had helped them win the series. It was a bad defensive strategy that whole game, game three. Oh, my God. And Jimmy, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, he should have been doubled the whole time, and they did not throw a double on him because they were like, oh, let's make everyone else beat him, beat us, beat us. And they're like, yes, they're going to beat you. Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, they're great shooters. They're great offensive players. They will beat you. Okay, Lakers fan alert. Um, the Heat did lead the, the no, lead the league in in, in three point shooting percentage at thirty eight percent or thirty seven point nine percent. Look, I hear you. I hear you. Bam Adebayo was really important. The shooting was really important. They had so was so important. The way that yeah, they game planned the Lakers and the way that they game planned the Bucks and specifically was amazing. That wasn't Jimmy. That was Spo. 100%. And props, props to Troy for saying that Spo is a great coach. And even though he had the under and was super low on the Miami Heat, somehow still managed to convince himself too that they were probably a playoff team. <laughs> okay, well, once again, this all goes back to the Wolves were a playoff team in my eyes. You know, so it's it's the it's relative. And yes, Spolster got it. Your universe is much different than the real universe, and we have to remember we have Correct. to keep that hey, in mind. This is not the Lakers fan in me. This is the Timberwolves fan in me. I was picking the Heat to miss the playoffs because of the relationship that we have with Jimmy Butler as Minnesota fans. It has I feel you. Being a Laker fan. But you know what? It just so happens that the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So All right. Yeah. Speaking of Lakers fans, we got to move on. Speaking of <laughs> Lakers fans, um, I had a really bad take at number two. Um, I, <laughs> and this is embarrassing, but I picked the Lakers to be the seventh seed in the Western Conference. And and I argued that Anthony Davis will probably get hurt. LeBron will probably get hurt. Ugh. The Lakers are super, uh, super thin. They have no depth. I said, uh, I called Dwight Howard, Dwight Coward. And I, I, I said, he's bringing a stink to this team, just like he brought a stink to every team before this stop. And he's totally washed. I think you should on Rondo too. If I remember, I probably did shit on Rondo. I probably gave Rondo a bunch of shit. From what I remember, we we you were saying Rondo doesn't space the floor and blah blah blah. And then Troy and I were like, wait, what about the Pelicans? He spaced the floor in that series. I think he probably did space the floor in the Bulls one eight series. That oh, that's another thing I didn't even bring up with Jimmy Butler. Let me just go. Oh, back no, 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 no. We moved <laughs> on. Won two games against that Boston number one seed. Jimmy Butler won. One and a half. He almost won two games against that number one seed Houston Rockets team where Cat was not doing anything. We've seen him do this. And yes, he is still not a top 10 player in the league, but we know that he can give a couple game, a couple really good games. He was just on and off. He played like five good games in the entirety of the playoffs. Like five. And then he was empty. He was he was missing from the last two Bucks games. And then basically the whole anyway, he basically the whole next series with 
it, I, I digress. Look, no uh, one's arguing with you that Jimmy Butler is a top 10 player. I don't think any of us think that. <laughs> there are, oh, Bill Simmons thinks that. He's like, he's a top eight player now, and everybody understands Jimmy That's Butler's your fault for guys. listening to Bill Simmons. I know. Uh, I shouldn't. <laughs> you got to stop that. But when he's got Jackie Mack on, I have to give it like at least a try. Or when he's with Zach Lowe, I have to listen. I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, co- go ahead. Shit on me for my Lakers takes. Chalanga, you are all yellow for me. Is that true for you, Troy? He keeps doing that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I turn. What... I turn yellow sometimes. That's just what this thing does. When oh. when my computer's going all slow, I turn yellow. Sorry, folks. Oh. Call me Homer Simpson, cause I'm hella yellow. Hella yellow. Pop up in your stream, and I say hello. All right, shit on me for my Lakers takes. I'm looking up these Jimmy Butler game logs. If I know myself as well as I do, and I'm a hater, I probably agreed with you, like low key. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't doubt that for one second. So I Bro, can't shit heart- on you too much. <laughs> <laughs> your heart was in on that take. Yeah. If if there's anything Troy doesn't like uh more than LeBron, it's the Lakers. And so like that's just that is a convergence of a lot of negative energy for you. I mean they except, stole our banners. I will say, <laughs> and we yeah, we should get those banners back. Um, but I also have to say, Troy. How horrible was that Houston versus Los Angeles series for you versus Lakers series? I was, you know, (laughs) like when it came down to it, I was pulling for Houston and that like, oh my God, that tore me apart a little bit, you know, but like, it's just the deepest, deepest, like part of my soul, like roots for the underdog and Houston had no business against that Lakers team. No business at all. Like, I was happy to see them get throttled. But at the same time, it was like, man, like, you knew the Lakers were just going to steamroll them. Yeah. You know, there was no variance in that series. It just went as expected. And that's no fun. No one no one wants to root for the team that ruins basketball. So, yeah. <laughs> turns out turns out the Lakers were way better than everybody. The Dwight and JaVale were some of the best rim protection in the league. AD and LeBron were healthy as hell. The Lakers turned out to be hella deep. Avery Bradley didn't come to the bubble, and they were fine. A starter. And, uh, and everybody's like, oh, well, the Miami Heat team, they're not, that's not a full team. They, the Lakers lost a starter from the get-go. They lost Rondo for a lot of it. Like, we're, we're, all, we're all like trying to say, oh, well, the Clippers just didn't have chemistry because they didn't get everyone on the court. The Lakers didn't have everyone on the court. They were missing two of their seven best players for a, a lot of the bubble. Whew. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time. We've come to the worst take of uh, our season preview. And this honor goes to Dylan Carlson. Dylan, Thank would you, you like to read what you said? Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Uh, I would take Josh Akogi over Devin Booker. Josh Akogi over Devin Booker. Dylan. <laughs> Were you high? What the fuck? <laughs> I was high, but what has that got to do with the price of tea in China? <laughs> okay, I'm a homer. I get it. I'm I'm a Minnesota homer. I will be a Minnesota homer. I'm telling you right now, Josh Akogi. I am not. I'm not on the fence, but I am not. It is not a long shot for me to say that Devin Booker. I don't believe it 100. I still need to see it for a full season. I I don't care about the bubble. I really don't care about the bubble. I'm going to be honest. This this whole this whole like the Suns are going to be great frisky next year. I'm not going to believe anything until I see it. Um 
I'm not saying that the Suns the Suns were really good to begin at the beginning of the season, and it's that's a fun team to watch. They were really fun, but I would still question myself on whether Devin Booker is a great player. He was an All Star replacement this year. Let's not forget. I mean, yes, he was at almost at 30 points a game, but he was an All Star replacement. He wasn't an All Star like on the first round of ballots or whatever. So this is true. This is true. I, I will Look, argue though that All Star is fan voting, and fans are by and large dumb. But the bench <laughs> is filled out by the coaches. That's just the starters. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. So, I, I mean, Devin Booker's a great player. Will he have a great career? I have D'Lo over Devin Booker for sure. But we're gonna be changing our tune so fast when the Wolves trade for Devin Booker in a couple of years. <laughs> Yeah, and it's gonna have to take a couple years because now Devin Booker's trade value just went through. He the ain't roof. going nowhere for a good old minute. Um, I will add, as a caveat, that we all took Andrew Wiggins over Devin Booker and Robert Co- Covington over Devin Booker because we're homers. I take Covington over so many players. Yeah, at the beginning of the season, I I don't <laughs> think that that was so wrong at the beginning of the season. Like Devin Booker really hadn't shown it. He hadn't shown that he could win. Now he's showing, starting to show that he can win. So good for good for Devin. I'm not rooting against Devin in any way. I not was, anymore. But not. Anymore. <laughs> yeah. Now that now that it's not a battle between Wiggins and Booker to, to who who's the better empty stats player. So true. Um, it's like no no hard feelings, Devin. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> that was so mostly what it was, right? Yeah. Yeah, we so. were just like trying to hope that Andrew Wiggins is better than Devin Booker. <laughs> <laughs> but now he's gone and we don't have to worry about him. And it, like God. that is such a relief. I can still root for D'Lo above Devin though. Whew. All right. So that was it. That was 10 that was 10 through 1. There was some uh curves along the way. We didn't quite go uh in order. My bad. <laughs> um but I do have a couple honorable mentions that I wanted to bring up. Um Troy when talking about the Philadelphia 76ers, you said any team that trades Jimmy Butler automatically gets better. Dude, I cannot defend that. I <laughs> I will I will give you guys that one. That is that oh man. That I mean, came from the heart. I'll give you that. It was, yep. came straight from the heart. <laughs> that came from a place of bitterness and hatred. I have since forgiven Jimmy Butler. If he listens to the pod, man, I forgive of, you. Of course you would, you Los Angeles Lakers hater. <laughs> I still hate Jimmy Butler. Any team that trades Jimmy Butler automatically gets happier. That's Except not a bad Miami team. Heat. Yeah. Did they get happier? I guess the only way that Pat Riley's happy is if he's got wins, but they didn't win the championships. So. Yeah, I think they're pretty happy with Jimmy Butler, though. I think he kind of fits what what they're doing down there. That's um, true. That, I wanted he to. Would. Miami sucks. Yeah, I wanted to mention that I uh, I said that Utah would be the two seed in the Western Conference. I was uh, really high on Donovan Mitchell and Bojan Bogdanovic. I've always liked Bojan Bogdanovic too much, um, and I I own that. I accept that. But um, they were what the five seed. They could have been the three seed, right? When they were heading into the bubble, and they didn't have Bojan in the bubble. So yeah. I just, you know, they they didn't really have a chance to be. They're they're too thin. 
they they have like six players and that's it. So yeah, yeah, that was that was foolish on my part. And Dylan, yours honestly wasn't that bad, but I just wanted to bring it up. You said the Hornets <laughs> would win thirteen games. I think I said seventeen right after that. Come on, <laughs> I said thirteen, and I was like, you know, that was a little bit Beatty. I was that was take Beatty. Um, they ended up winning twenty three. They were ninth seed in the East. Um, How? How extrapolated out because they have a lot of. NBA players and Devonte Graham turns out turns out to be really good. No, how was twenty three wins the ninth seed? <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. Oh, the East is bad. That's how. <laughs> uh, and the, and they didn't finish the season, so that's part of it. Yeah. Oh, plus the Bucks and Raptors won a shit ton of games. Yeah, they were like the they were both on pace for sixty. Yeah. Well, so. I I'm ready for the Hornets to be the worst team in the league next year too. So. Whoa, that's a hot take. I look love at, that. Look at what happened to De'Aaron Fox. I mean, I had a great De'Aaron Fox take at the beginning of this podcast uh, where, where I was like, I don't believe in him. Guess what? He had his best. De'Aaron Fox had his best numbers. This year? Yeah. Numbers. He didn't have his best number of wins. You know, I I, I honestly, I blame the Kings on Buddy Heald disappearing. His shot just <clears throat> went away as soon as he made money. And... uh Turns Luke out Luke Walton. Walton is not a very good coach. Yeah, Luke Walton's not a very good person either. I'm just going to say I still am ready for Devontae Graham to have his reckoning. I think he had a great season. Congratulations. I'm not rooting against Devontae Graham at all by any means. I'm just seeing like Devontae Graham having a little bit of a come-to-Jesus meeting, kind of like Kendrick Nunn and kind of like we, we've seen it over the years with point, point guards being good for a season, you know? You know, I want to clap back at that Kendrick Nunn thing, but we are out of time. Dylan, will you will you let us know who won? I think that I I had a lot of bad takes, but I have a feeling that I I actually did win. I had the most correct <laughs> over unders. You, you had the most bad takes for sure. Fuck. Also in third place with a total of negative eight points. That means I I was wrong with uh, I was wrong with at least eight teams. Or so the way that I did the counting was. I would add, I would add, if you mm -hmm. had a good take, I would add a point. Uh, or like if you, if you were within three games, I think, or if you were right, then I would add a point. How did I do this? I think it was within three games. If we were in with, if you had the correct over or under and you were within three games of it, then, uh, oh no, with the yeah, within three games wrong, was. Yeah, yeah. The within the three games, I think I just threw it out, but. If if it was outside of that, if the if a team uh, was over, like let's say four and a half, and Chalanga had him as an under, then I would give the point. I would give the negative point to Chalanga. So and then and then if he were right about it on on this on the side of just any over whatsoever, I would give him a point. As I said, very convoluted system. I know. We need a better <laughs> system for next year, but let's hope the NBA just has a set number of games so that we can actually predict this stuff accurately. Uh, in second place with a total of negative six points. This is a nail-biter because the winner had negative four points. We were all very bad with our takes. <laughs> we all had negative amount of takes. Yeah. Uh, Troy, Troy, thank you for coming in second place. You'll always be second place in my heart. Aww. And... And the person who takes number one in my heart at all times, it's me with negative Rigged. four points. 
Rigged. I did not. I okay. There. I just want I think, everyone to know. I did not edit the system with a confirmation bias of myself. There's no. I way think Iran it. interfered with this. Iran. <laughs> Iran had. Iran had nothing to do with this. It. It. Iranald had nothing to do with this. Iranald Trump had nothing mm. to do with this. I just have to say. All right. Well, Dylan, Troy, I think we're a little rusty, um, but thank you for being here. I had a lot of fun. I, it was, it's really good. You know, as they say, if you can't laugh at yourself, then you don't deserve to laugh at anyone because you're a fucking asshole. (laughs) That's true. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at uh, coast to coast MBA pod Uh, (laughs) on Instagram at coast to coast MBA. Oh no. On Twitter at coast to coast MBA podcast on Instagram. Nope. That's reversed. On Twitter at Coast to Coast MBA Pod, on Instagram at Coast to Coast MBA Podcast. Uh, send us an email at Coast to Coast MBA Podcast at gmail.com. And remember, listen, like, subscribe, rate, well, tell, tell your friends, do all, do all the stuff that you know what to do with podcasts, and listen to the Big Bubbler. We have like how many Big Bubbler episodes? We six, seven? Six. Six episodes, about 60 minutes of total content. All of those pods are shorter than this pod. Uh, So go listen to them. It's sketch comedy. It's hilarious. Um, Troy, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Do you want to share your socials? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TripXAssless. And that's about all the socials I have. I just want to give a shout out. If you know a teacher in your life, Please, uh, please do something nice for him. Because teachers out here, we're having a hell of a time. Yeah, we love teachers. Teachers, get me horny. All right, thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>